Welcome to episode 29. 29. Oh, I'm... Try it again. <laughs> I like us to be together. <laughs> Welcome to episode 29 of Probably Polly, the podcast where we question everything, even our name. As always, I am your host, Michael Higg. I am your co-host, Sarah Lucas. And I'm your co-host, Mandy Conan. N-R-E. Fuck N-R-E. Mandy, <laughs> you were supposed to be, yeah. I love it. I say, you're our, you're our pro N-R-E. I actually think that given the context, Sarah's going to be our number one fuck N-R-E Yeah, I think time. so. Yes. Why? Wait, why do you? What? She can't she can't be more jaded about NRE than you are. That's not true. I'm not jaded. <laughs> I am weirdly dispassionate. Those are those are different. Yes, things. I'm jaded. You're right. Okay, wait, what Mandy, I haven't updated you on the story. I think most Sarah's like story. actively mad at NRE right now. What, what, what NRE story are you talking about, Mandy? For oh, that you're just jaded? Yeah. So I'm the I'm jaded? the one who's like, like you're just <laughs> Just in general. <laughs> Damn, just, okay. that's cold. No, Sarah had a specific experience recently that was bad oh, about yes. NRE that I thought. So I like, just, I like that you're just proves, like, yeah, you're just It just cold. proves my point. <laughs> Although two times ago when we referenced NRE, Sarah was totally in my boat. She was like, yeah, NRE's terrible. It's out of control. It's crazy. Then she got like a date. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. this is great. Yeah, that's me. For like a that's couple totally of months. Me. And that's then after when that ended, she was like, oh no, it's the worst. Which is the problem with NRE is it hijacks your brain that's why and i don't genitals. Like but we're gonna get into that in a and minute. your genitals yes <laughs> that's in the, the fun part. context those are the same <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> sorry so for those of you who somehow don't know but listen to this particular podcast nre stands for new relationship energy i think it's one of the more poly terms such that if you actually just google nre you'll get a couple of articles about it but half of them will actually just have poly or non-monogamy in the title i also want to add that the new can be the energy or the relationship because i experience nre in my existing relationships that have been years long all the time i i want to push back on that oh here we go for a second the reason i say that is because like jerry and i we've definitely gone through nre multiple times with each other and it's just because something about our relationship has become renewed and it's the same nre feeling it's the same you know well there's only like five i mean there's more but there's only like five or six major neurochemicals that we're going to talk about today that build your different responses so yes it's going to be those same it's gonna get all scientific on me (laughs) it's gonna be those same chemicals from different sources though right so like for example oxytocin can come from sex cuddling or childbirth but childbirth is not cuddling right just because they both produce oxytocin so that's so weird nre from the reading that i have done is about the cocktail of drugs your body gets whacked with in a new relationship now granted there are other ways to get those same drugs stimulated any article you have ever read in any magazine mononormative or otherwise that's like put the fire back into your relationship means here's how to make you feel more of those chemicals than you felt in a while so it kind of feels like a new relationship energy again right mm-hmm. but nre uh, even if it's not this because i think it is for anything Today that I, read, it is. I want to use it to mean <laughs> explicitly the cocktail you All get right. in a new relationship yes. Because the my concern about NRE isn't a concern as much in older relationships. Okay. I am not worried that I'm going to do a lot of really crazy overcommitting to the life partner I share, a child, a current pregnancy, a house, and literally everything else with. What extra commitment could I make? Mm-hmm. 
right? Like, how am I going to make a crazy jump off the cliff moment? Right. I'm not talking about, kind of but it, when I say that the new energy can come, <laughs> I don't mean that just with a nesting partner. Like if you've got a partner that you've been with for a while and maybe they're long distance or maybe they're just up the fucking street, but you have some type of new energy together. Okay. I've definitely made stupid decisions in that energy when it wasn't sure. a new relationship. We're going to go over in a minute why all of these chemicals make you stupid. Okay. So for sure, if you do anything to get enough of them, you can make stupid decisions. But the thing is, my beef with NRE is that it makes me make stupid decisions and trust people I have no right to trust. And I think a long-term partner, you have a right to trust, even if maybe you overtrust them with those energy or you make some bad choices. I think it still falls into an entirely different space than when you have met someone, you've been with them for two weeks and you're like, I know everything about you. You're my perfect match. (laughs) Like the standard falling in love, Eros, like I'm going to leave my dad and get legs, little mermaid love. That's the kind of NRE that that I'm concerned with. Little mermaid love. Species jump. Nandy, the kind of NRE that you're talking about, I that I'm fond of. That's okay. When I'm already in a good relationship and it's just oh, like, no. ooh. No, like no, no, no. Something... I see the problems there too, though. Like, I've definitely made stupid decisions with new energy in a relationship. Then I guess I'm misunderstanding you. Okay. But it's good too. But but I'm I'm fond of NRE. Like I love NRE. But you do make some stupid decisions while you're, you know, in the well. And a lot of people that I know love drugs. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what I don't like. It's just like all the stupid <laughs> shit I do that is causal to NRE. That I'm like, all right, well, oh, if yeah. I do all this shit when I've got NRE, then if I hate all this, I should probably start at the NRE stage and like just like stop there. Well, I mean, I love to drink until the next. day day yeah exactly yeah you know right because i make some stupid decisions when i'm drunk but (laughs) it doesn't mean i didn't have fun doing it though i'm just saying (laughs) but there's a quick search right the first four or five google responses all specify a a new relationship connecting with someone new as the nre definition okay so you want to use that clarity we're going to use that i mean that's cool yeah it's a little bit clearer as well because we can talk about dealing with these same sorts of emotions in a long-term relationship context because that's a good thing to talk about too if you're interested what's funny is you jinxed us for the record because my new partner and i had an argument (gasps) from image yeah Yeah. this is all your fault michael (laughs) i didn't jinx you nre is terrible that's what was always going to happen you're like next week maybe's gonna come on and she's gonna be all fuck nre And you said that. You said that at the beginning. You totally did. She did. She did yeah. say that at the end. <laughs> Is that how she you feel about it tonight, Mandy? <sighs> That's fine. I still love it. It just, I just have an NRE hangover right now. Oh, uh, okay. Well, and that's the thing. You actually can get burnt out on these cycles so that you, I mean, right? So it, for people that don't know, there's no drug that you take in the world that isn't already in your system. That's how it works. Oh, hmm. It replicates neuroreceptors you already have, right? It ne- replicates or is the actual chemicals that cause these responses. And just like with a drug high, if you have a ton of it and then you drop out of it, you can crash. We know that fall. Falling in love, that sort of original falling in love, well, all falling in love, really, nests in the same part of the brain that cocaine addiction does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so losing that addiction, uh. losing the source of that is a lot like just going cold turkey off cocaine, <laughs> only you can't just go to the store or corner and buy more. Is this why your right? house so is that's... super clean when you're dating somebody new? Yeah, yes. probably. Because <laughs> it's like having cocaine in your system? I'm just saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is. Yeah. No, no, sure. No, it absolutely is. So the early doses that you get from NRE. So I'm going to cite this as well. The, the citation from Harvard studies that I'm using for a lot of the chemical stuff is creates early doses of dopamine and norepinephrine. Quote, these chemicals make us giddy, energetic, and euphoric, even leading to decreased appetite and insomnia meaning you can be so in love that you literally can't eat or sleep, which I have absolutely done on NRE. I've just failed to sleep for two days straight with pure nervous energy of excitement. Right, yeah. That's terrible. I just lie in bed all night thinking about how awesome the person is instead of sleeping for eight hours. Or you're like, no, I don't need to get off the phone. I, I, oh. I, can, I can function on two hours of sleep. Oh, no, I do that. Yeah, well, that's the same thing. <laughs> It also causes you to create less serotonin, which is similar to people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh my god. Quote, leading scientists to speculate that this is what underlies the overpowering infatuation that characterizes the beginning stages of love. Oh my god. You basically god. develop OCD for the person you're into. <laughs> oh my god. While also losing so your ability to eat or sleep properly. Oh. oh my god. No wonder. I hate it so much. It does all the... Oh my god. Hearing the science, I guess it just makes it so much worse. It also absolutely overloads your reward receptors. So nothing is rewarding enough to matter while you're in NRE other than that thing. You know, I will let everything in my life... Right, which is why you forget your friends and you... Fall apart, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, can can I just, like, have a relationship that's good and lasts without? Like, can I skip that stage? No, I there's really no skipping skip NRE. Stage. Damn it. I kind of disagree with that statement, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> you never the, agree with me on end, anything, but. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you on a lot of things. I agree with you on almost everything in the first half of the podcast. I think that you disagree with me just on principle. Okay, Michael, have you ever skipped the NRE stage? That's the question. All right. Um. See... <laughs> I think it's on. I think I think it is possible. I haven't experienced it. Theoretically, gotten it to work yet. Theoretically, gotten it to work. Well, oh, okay. So we'll go ahead and get into this because I guess you guys are really into this idea. Because well, like I feel like you're like testing it out. Like you're gonna the next person you date, you're gonna try and skip NRE. Yeah, I mean that's always my goal, right? But uh, no, I so. I think that if you could actually convince someone to be friends first, which I actually think is something that no one really does, despite everyone saying they're trying to do it. But if you could actually convince someone to do that, I think you could basically skip it because they would have been around so long. What if, okay, so what if then if you're, you're already friends with them, like it wasn't, you weren't trying to be in a relationship, you're already friends with them and then your relationship evolves into dating because I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Still hit the NRE wall. No, no. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It cannot It cannot evolve the way that you mean it to evolve. It would have to be set up like this. Hey, I'm looking for someone to date, but I don't want to get involved in a crazy cocaine relationship that could ruin my life. So what I would like to do is be your friend first until we decide like, if we are good, compatible with the assumption that if that works out, we'll try dating in, say, six months. Because what you're talking about, the problem that you're talking about is it's the surprise, right? It's the turn. Right. Like you thought you were just friends and then you see them a different way and then boom new relationship energy. Right. but like if you always knew that might go that way i think you could get around it but the problem is fucking emotions what does new relationship energy exist for that's what i was just right? thinking what's its function yeah and its function is to get you to overcome your misgivings about trying to create a relationship with another human being you see them as perfect and you engage mm. with them so much that by the time it wears out they're already embedded in your life and then you're like well let's see where this goes that is so sinister <laughs> It is. That's why I don't like NRE. <laughs> it's, 
uh, evolution is so sinister, really. Uh, anytime I learn deep science about, about like the way we evolved and stuff like that, every now and then I'm like, oh, that's not nearly as romantic as I wanted it to be. Well, I mean, because obviously evolution wants you to have kids. Exactly. Right? It doesn't want you to make that. good decisions that won't cause you to have kids. It wants you to make decisions that will cause you to have kids. Evolution right, is a sneaky so... bastard. <laughs> 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 well, especially in, you know, in humans, it's fascinating because we're so smart. We would not probably have kids if there were not the level of overwhelming emotional reward and physical reward for relationships and sex. Because again, yeah, are... giving birth is not cuddling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> releases, that blows my mind that having sex and cuddling and giving birth release, what did you say? Ox, o- oxy, oxytocin. Yeah, oxytocin, that they all receive, release the same. I don't recall ever thinking when I was delivering my child, man, this is sort of similar to a chemical reaction that I've had when I've had sex or when um, I've cuddled. So to be fair, I don't think you feel it until just after your child is born. Which is when you feel it, like, like, that's why you need a cigarette after sex. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole... So, I I, I definitely right. felt that way after my children were born. Which is why you lactate. And you're, like, that's... Right, and you bond with yeah, them. Yeah, and you bond. Like, right, because oxytocin is a bonding hormone. Yeah. Right, that's its function. It creates attachment. Oh, got it. Okay. So the the it doses that you a ton while you're giving birth, which you don't feel because you're either drugged out of your mind or insane pain. Mm-hmm. But then once the baby's there, that extraordinary overwhelming attachment you felt to your new baby that is basically a stranger potato that you've never met. <laughs> that's just a giant dose of oxytocin designed to make sure you don't let that thing die while it screams all night at you. <laughs> stranger potato. They are <laughs> ugly and loud, and we would just let them die. Yeah, I mean, right, so all, I mean, your body releases dose after dose of bonding hormone so that that baby becomes super rewarding to interact with when if you think of it from what normally is interesting to people, like if I gave you an object that wasn't a baby but possessed all baby characteristics, you would smash that thing and throw it in a dumpster. (laughs) I would, give, I would give it back no because way. it was yours. You gave it to me, you lent it to me, I'd give it back to you, but yes. Yeah, but I meant like, this is a present. I gave you a birthday present. <laughs> okay, yeah, I You know, you can't it. give it back because I'll get uh-huh. upset. You would get rid of that. Yeah. You'd be like, it's just and- crying at two in the morning. I don't even know what it wants. Like, I try these different things. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, chemicals suck for sure. But like I said, I really enjoy being drunk while I'm drunk. And so that's the thing, right? So obviously, a lot of people like drugs a lot. And I really don't. I don't do any kind of drugs. I barely even drink. Yeah, and I don't either. I don't I don't even drink. I like having my normal mental state. And so, of course, I don't like NRE because it pulls me out of the mental state that I am not trying to get pulled out of. Right. But I think for a lot of people, the risk reward there is totally worth it. And I'm not against that if like for your value judgment, the potentially bad decisions, the sleepless nights, all of that are worth those highs. That's a value judgment that everybody has to make. But the fact is you are getting dosed with those chemicals and these chemicals are impeding your thought process and important ways. To bring a little bit more attention to how this is like a drug addiction, this is a quote from the article, quote, the same regions that light up when we're feeling attraction light up when drug addicts take cocaine and when we binge eat sweets. Interesting. So, for example, yes. cocaine maintains dopamine signaling for much longer than usual, leading to temporary highs in the same way that attraction is much like an addiction to another human being. Yeah. NRE is definitely similar to me eating a box of Fun Dip. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> so NRE is just, is just very disruptive is sort of my problem with it. And also inconsistent. And I don't love being inconsistent. And I don't love... <laughs> I don't love withdrawal. <laughs> oh, yeah, withdrawal fucking sucks. I don't love withdrawal of affection. Oh, with the yeah. withdrawal sucks. I went through that this past, like, over the weekend. <gasps> 
Oh, well, that also sucks. I don't like that. But I meant I don't like being on the side where I have to withdraw my affection back. Like being in the scenario where at the end of a certain period of time, I have to go to you and go, I thought I was in love with you. I don't love you. Like I had a (laughs) chemical dose that sort of overwhelmed me. You made me high, but I don't really love you. I got to quit you. Sorry. That's right. Let, let's have Mandy talk about withdrawal. She's experiencing it right now. I definitely want to hear the firsthand yes, Mandy. withdrawal story that you were about to do. It sucks. Yes. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my new relationship, you know, we've been like every day, like talking and, and video chatting and Marco Polos and because it's a long distance relationship. So we, mm-hmm. we're, we've been doing everything we can to to stay as hot as possible right over the weekend he just kind of dropped out was distracted by a bunch of shit going on around him where he's at Mm -hmm. and yeah i was like hello (laughs) (laughs) hello i'm out here and i definitely hit him up like a couple times looking for a fix sure and then got nothing i actually had a conversation with him today i'm like okay i need more like (laughs) i need more i need more communication i need more because i don't want it to end i don't want the nre to end Mm -hmm. sure so yeah i also have to wonder if there's an important intersection between nre and introversion versus extroversion is how it's processed i wonder that too all of the extroverts I know have this experience. I met a person. They're as extreme about their interest in me as I am in them. It's great. I'm going to stay with them six months later. How come I'm the only one still calling them all of the yes. time and wanting to be with them all of the oh time? Oh my god, yes! And they want to go off and do work by themselves. Yes! And they don't want to see me all the time. And they say they get socially tired and they used to stay up late to hang out with me and now they go to bed at right. 7 o'clock. I or want to know what the introvert is. experience is. I, there are lots of things that I'm like, hmm, what is an introvert do in this situation well it makes a lot of sense right because and i've said this before i think is when people talk about being like ambiverts and this is not yeah to say no to anybody's label but so the the definition of extrovert and like psychology is not an introvert so you can't right? be an so introvert it isn't defined and not by an characteristics introvert. it's defined as not an intro- extrovert sorry introverts defined as not an okay so what are you right? if you're not so either wait you're non-existent then <laughs> Because <laughs> you, are, you are one of those two things. Is it not a scale? Like a spectrum? spectrum, yeah. Well, both both sides are going to be a spectrum. So there's a spectrum of extroversion and a spectrum of introversion. But they never intersect. But there is a binary in the are you introvert, are you extrovert, just because of the way that the definition is set up. It's an A, not A scenario. Okay. Oh, I see, the I see. definition of introversion is not an extrovert. But you could be really close to the end of that spectrum. So, the, you know, a very light introvert looks a lot like a very light extrovert, okay. even though they're not, you know, the same. And that's where people start talking about being an ambivert. So an extrovert is somebody who gains energy from social interaction. So if I could, I would never be alone. Same. My best friend could sleep, like not in my bed, but next to my bed. And we could talk as we fall asleep and we could get up and I will yell at you from the bathroom while I'm peeing and I will text and I will phone call and I I would never be alone. And I would never get tired. That's how I am. Yep, same. <laughs> Even if we're in the same room not talking, I just want to be with you. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Like, yep. yeah, just come, come sit right. next to me. It's, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. We can play games so, on our phones individually, but I would like to touch yeah. That is what extroversion means. Yeah. Now, the amount of energy you get from being around someone is on a spectrum. Okay. So you can okay. be the kind of person that's entirely powered by being around other people or gets huge amounts of energy from it, or you could get a small amount of energy from it. And then on the opposite side, the extrovert, 
being not an introvert, you just don't gain energy from someone's social presence as a default. Okay. So that means that at some level, socializing costs you energy. Yeah. And on a long enough timeline, you will need to be alone to recharge your batteries eventually. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's added confusion here is that extroverts only make up 10% of the population. And people think because of the way that Myers-Briggs represents it, which is not introversion or extroversion at all. Myers-Briggs is horribly unscientific. You should not be using it. <laughs> I know you love it. I know it's fun. It's just a modern horoscope. That's all it's it is. It's like the INF whatever. That's yeah, Myers-Briggs. I don't like that yeah. shit anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for so. you. You're correct. Scientific so. or not, I don't like it. <laughs> That represents it as being a 50-50 because that's actually representing how social you are, not how introverted or extroverted right. you are. Right. Interesting. So then becomes what things you like because doing things you like is energizing. Mm -hmm. So say you're an introvert that loves board games. You're going to be able to play board games with a group of people, especially if you're like a really, on the spectrum, you're a low-level introvert, so you want to lose a little bit of energy. Mm -hmm. You could potentially play board games with someone for a very long time, maybe even two days straight before you got tired because the activity not the socialization right. is providing that energy interesting never thought of it that way right and introverts will say well there are some people i like i could be around them a long time well first of all again just ask this question would you ever want to be alone on a long enough timeline that is the easiest question to define to me if you're an introvert or an extrovert yeah if your answer is yes sometimes i need to be alone to recharge you're an introvert congratulations <laughs> And yeah. see, so I think that, like, cause sometimes, sometimes I do, I do just want to be alone to recharge. But I think that me saying I'm not an extrovert would be argued by every person in my life. Like, no, I, I'm with Michael. Like, I want people around all the fucking time. I can't think of a reason I'd want to be alone. Yeah, and I, like, I want to do everything with somebody, everyone, all the time. Like, even when I'm home, I spend most of my time just like messaging people, and I feel so sad when there aren't people for me to message. And yeah. Yeah. You could be a very social person who is a very low-level introvert. Okay. Interesting. So you get a lot of energy out of socializing because that's fun for you or out of certain people who you enjoy. So when I think of social, I think of having a larger space of people who you find enjoyable. Okay. I often identify as a misanthropic extrovert. Like, I kind of dislike basically everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I would like the people I do like to be around me 24-7. Yes. That is that I would agree yes. with that. Same. So I don't like going to parties. I don't like small talk. Yes, right? yes. I don't like any of those right. sorts of things. Yep. And so people are always like, oh, you're an introvert. The Myers-Briggs has me like right at the middle. It's like you're equally introvert, extrovert. Because what would you rather do? Hang out with a small group of people or go to a big party? Well, the small group of people is going to be my friends who I actually like. So obviously then that's going to win every time. Right. I hate and you're going to have great intellectual conversation as opposed to small talk about what beer tastes better. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But that's about how social you are, not about where you draw energy right. from. And that's what introversion and extroversion are actually trying to track. So mm -hmm. here's the thing. When you are dosed with cocaine, you both have an equal dopamine response to interacting with each other. So you get the same positive response from connecting with that other person that they get from you. And so you match intensity. Okay, so t both people are taking cocaine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, during NRE, okay. right? So when you're in an NRE, All the, people are taking the cocaine, cocaine is... Is so you're right. It over it passes party. all the other sources of energy are just completely irrelevant next to NRE. Right. You don't even need to sleep for three days right. NRE as we've established. And that's not the kind of energy you get from anything else, right? So that dosing is so high, your reward center is so high that you match each other's intensity automatically. And then as that falls away, you stop at your actual level of socialization. And the extrovert, you know, falls a little way and stops. And the introvert just keeps going and going and going and going and going. And, going, and, going, and then stops 
stops you know much nearer to the bottom depending where on the right. spectrums you are. So <laughs> if you're an extreme extrovert and they're an extreme introvert, dating you're still gonna be like boop. Like my parents are like that. My parents, <laughs> my mom talks about like she doesn't understand when they were dating. He would stay out all night with her. He would hang around her all the time. He always wanted to be with her. Like she got so much out of him. And then they were together for four years and they got married and now he wants to stay up past eight o'clock. Hmm. And before he had enough drugs in his system that he didn't need to sleep. <laughs> It was it was passing the fact that he is a morning he's a morning person and it was just ignoring that and just sustaining him on pure cocaine. Yeah. Right. Except <laughs> the dad didn't and, do cocaine. And so <laughs> And then what happens, I think, a lot of times is the extrovert feels like the introvert was being disingenuous. Right. Mm. That you feel like, well, I want to see you all the time, and that's never going to change. And you only want to see me sometimes, and that's bullshit, because you said you wanted to see me all the time, and you were messaging me all the time, and you created this expectation of the level of interaction we were going to get. It's false advertising. Yeah, it feels like false advertising. And it was not intentional by anybody. And that's sort of my thing is, my core approach to happiness is that for happiness to be really valuable, it has to be maintainable. Okay. Because if spikes of extreme joy were the thing you wanted, you should go do cocaine. Yeah. If you actually think that the value of your life comes from extreme, absolute tap out of your pleasure center, like the maximum dosage you can get. Isn't that the people that go like jump out of perfectly good fucking airplanes and shit? Like, that? you know what I mean? So that's a different set of drugs. <laughs> but yeah, that's also, and I don't jump out of airplanes either but my, my, my uh, sorry i need to be clear i wasn't condemning people who like doing cocaine i am for all drug legalization and for you choosing what works for your life well you just you made it sound like their hat that happiness that type of happiness wasn't valid i think that type of happiness is not maintainable okay is what i think but to some extent some of that is your theory of what life is like right and what you want out of life and what there's no way to check at time of death who had a better life. So I will never know if the person who pursued drugs their whole life and jumping onto airplanes and other major highs had a better or worse life than me. I will I will never be able to know that. I think it's safer to say then that that's just not what you're looking for. What's not the type of happiness that you're looking for? It's not the type of happiness that I advise either because in my experience, it doesn't seem as satisfying to people as the more maintainable types of happiness appear to be why can't we have both the, the thing about maxing out your your pleasure receptors is whatever's the most pleasure you've had recently functions as maxing out your pleasure receptors interesting because we're, we're we're always a difference engine that's the nature of being a human being so oh uh-huh. go ahead sorry i just it all kind of clicked for me go ahead <laughs> i'm kind of here you're trying to hear you click go ahead it's like masturbating with <laughs> Okay, go for it. I want to hear the rest of this metaphor. I'm into this. It's like masturbating similarly, with... The, I just said that like incredibly loud. I'm sure my children are like, now we can hear. Um, <laughs> it's like masturbating with a, like a great toy and then like masturbating without it. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm like, Whoo, I'm talking about masturbating. Um <laughs> My, like all that's, of a sudden, that's I your line. Blushed. That's where we get shy. Yeah, like sex with five people, gang bangs. We're cool. We talk about that. Toys for masturbating. We're out. We're done. We're shy. <laughs> uh, just blushing a little. For the, for Everybody masturbates. Even mononormative people masturbate. Good God. <laughs> it's like ninety-five percent of the Nothing population. Nothing makes masturbates. me blush, and I just blushed about masturbating. <laughs> 
But it's like when you masturbate with your cool toy, just masturbating with your hand just doesn't seem to be enough anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, right. Sorry. So the, the I just really want to talk about same, masturbating. Is, <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, but the, the idea is sort of the same, which is our brains are not set up to actually have like a one to 100 scale. They have a least you've experienced to most you've experienced recently scale. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So if you've ever noticed that in the middle of the winter, for instance, you come into your house and it's 67 and you're like, oh, I'm sweating bullets. But if you come right. in in the summer and it's 67, you're like shivering and freezing mm-hmm. and your arms don't move. It's because your body has adjusted to the temperature experience that you are in. So you get to the same experience with neurotransmitters, which is you can only have so much of them and then they don't do anything anymore. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? Here's the best example of that. Have you guys ever had either a bug bite or poison ivy and you put your hand under hot water and it itches more than you've ever imagined anything can itch? No, why would you do that? All right, first of all, if you just Google this, you will find that it's a thing. If you put poison ivy under hot water, the heat causes your body to feel the itch more intensely, and it sends all the neurotransmitters it can up to your brain to tell you your hand itches. And it will send so much if you just keep turning the heat up and up and up as hot as you can stand it. And then when you pull your hand out, you will not feel it itch for the next eight hours. That's why it felt so good. Because the level of itch that it's producing is so low, your brain can no longer register it. Cool. Shut up. It's true. Clean. You're sending it a level of like 1,000 of itchiness and then it drops to like 20 and it can't find 20 out of 1,000. Like that just doesn't register anymore. It's just, it's done. Now, is that a healthy thing to do for bug bites or poison ivy slash oak? Yes, Dr. Haig. Yeah, because it's a completely organic <laughs> way to stop your body from noticing it and then it goes away without you scratching it, breaking the blisters, huh. hurting the skin, etc. You don't need to use Benadryl or drugs or any of the rest of it. Well, good to know. So that's the downside. If you brush up against something and actually scratch it, then it notices itself again and then you but you just put it under hot water again and it goes away and then you need scalding hot water again or another another example of this is have you ever looked at something so long that the room went black? Sort of, yes. Have you ever done that at night? Like at night, you try and look at the stars, and if you stare at one star, all the stars go out? Yes. yes. That's because your eye gets adjusts to the light that it's seeing. If you can actually not blink and stare at one point on the wall for like two minutes, the whole room will go black. And then if you close your eyes, you can see an after image of the entire room. You can actually find new information you didn't previously see. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen that. So weird. Your body always does this. Your body constantly tries to filter out to a neutral position position, whatever it's experiencing. So when you talk about like adrenaline junkies who need, you know, you read stories about people who needed better and bigger thrills over and over again, it's because they kept pushing that boundary further up the neurotransmitter. So mm-hmm. getting there was super hard. Whereas if you avoid those kind of highs and you go for a slow burn where you're always slightly increasing your happiness, but not making huge jumps, you can have a constant level of euphoria. That's a lot like being high or drunk, but maintainable and kind of all the time. I definitely have to stop masturbating with the toys sometimes because then (laughs) it helps the regular masturbation come back. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. And that's why that's why I don't think for most people going for the next high and the next high is maintainable. Mm. I mean, you got to think about long term. And if you decide that, and here I mean NRE is actually new relationships. I mean, as yes. a poly person, you have the potential to constantly have new relationships for literally the rest of your life. But that's also a huge level of investment if you're thinking about you're always going to get a new date every six months, eight months, new partner every six months, eight months. It's a, you know, for a lot of people, that's a lot to go through. Yeah. 
So then, okay, so my question is, then how long does NRE usually last? Well, and the length that NRE lasts and the intensity of it depend a lot upon, like, a huge number of variables. How much time are you actually seeing the other person? Like, one of the problems, the documented problems with long-distance relationships that start long-distance is a lot of times the NRE lasts for years. Interesting. Right, because they're so far away so and you weeks. see them so rarely <laughs> that you can actually keep the NRE up for, like, three, four, five years, and then when you move in together you like after six months you hate each other because you've always had nre and you thought that's what the relationship looked like right mm, that explains some things and you thought that you really knew this person so it depends on questions like that it depends also on how stable the relationship is the way that you're wired to actually get oxytocin and a lot of these other chemicals from conflict resolution so they talk about couples that fight are actually more likely to stay together than couples who never fight and part of the reason is because it stimulates bonding scenarios hmm. so nre gets more intense the more you have these sorts of it's designed to help you again get over the hump and get to be with the other person so like if you're dating them but something's not like they're not sure it's on again off again they're giving you hot and cold signals that shit can make nre go forever <laughs> right <laughs> Which is a lot of what the really bad pickup artist stuff is about. It's about stimulating these chemicals to override people's logic circuits to get them to be attracted to you when they rightly shouldn't be. If you ever read the sort of the worst of the pickup artist materials. Oh. Really, if you really think about it, like flirting and dating is kind of fucked up because you literally are just like kind of manipulating the other person to believe that you're perfect. Well, yeah. Okay, that... it, it's like, if you really think about it, like it's kind of fucked up. I don't know. All right, let's do the positive now. We've been doing this for a long time. All right, all right. Let's do all the positives and then move to the end of the all show. All right, Mandy, go. So, <laughs> I have positives. Jeez. No, so, no, Mr. Jaded, you do not. <laughs> I never. Did you want to do some positives, Mandy? No, give us a positive, Michael. Okay. Well, so firstly, I do think that like most things, if you're being authentic in that you are recognizing in yourself and verbalizing with your new partner, hey, we're both in this new relationship energy state. It's super enjoyable. I want to experience it with you, but we understand that it is a temporary position. And in a lot of ways, it's objectifying, right? They are literally a cocaine object at that point for you. You see them yeah. and, you get, and you get positive they are responses. They of white... It, it's, powder it doesn't even matter yes. what they're doing like they, they walk into the room and you get positive neurotransmitters right mm. let, let, me, let me get a hit of that <laughs> If you could recognize that with the person and talk through them as that's happening, I think it can be a really positive experience. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that I have tried to work on that's difficult in our culture where love has this sort of mythical value is I've tried to tell people the sentence like, at this stage in dating, I am basically going to be super excited about you all the time, but it's not really you, it's... <laughs> how I respond to new dating. I'm mm -hmm. super intense anyway, and then when I have new relationship energy, I am just overwhelmingly intense. I want to be able to express that and do those things as much for me as for you because it's a fun experience, but I want you to understand that it's about the chemicals, it's about the experience that we're riding together, like jumping out of an airplane is a great rush, but it's not about the other person jumping out of the airplane with me. Even though it's fun to share it with them and it's better to share with somebody so you can talk about it and enjoy it together and share that experience, you have to remember it's 
excited as I am, I don't know you. I've met you like a month ago. Maybe we'll find out that we don't like the same foods and can never eat dinner together and it's miserable. Maybe we have very different sexual interests in the long run right now. We're just exploring each other's bodies and that's awesome. But when it gets down to like kinks and fetishes and stuff, we're going to be like, you know, we're just better cuddle buddies. We don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and when the chemicals start to burn out, that's going to happen. And if you can go in with that expectation, I think you could really enjoy it without having a lot of the fallout that I normally, without feeling betrayed, without either party feeling betrayed at the back end, right? So that false advertising, you are so into me and now you're not. Oh, (laughs) we're not compatible, but I was super (laughs) dosed with chemicals before. So you were exciting no matter what you did. Now I actually need to work with you as a partner on a partnership to create a space that I'm excited about and that you're excited about. And if we can't, that's how we learn we aren't compatible. It's not a judgment call about you. And that's the other thing on the flip side. If I lose interest at the end of this, it's not a, it's not a negative judgment on you. Right. It's, I could not tell if I was interested in you before because I was dosed with chemicals. I mean, long-term interested. I'm short-term interested, obviously. Right. But if you want to know if I'm long-term interested, if that's your interest. And of course, for people who want short-term dating, NRE is probably just awesome. You enjoy it a bunch. The relationship ends after a month before you ever have to deal with anything. It's just fun. Right. And that is great. I am really excited for those people. Hmm. Another thing, though, that's awesome, like, I love getting to know new people. Mm -hmm. So that's part of NRE that I love is the the getting to know each other, the questions back and forth and the, yeah, I love that part of it. Well, the thing about it is when it's going well, it's going amazingly. And that's why I think talking through what you're going to can be really helpful because you can also say things like, I think you should be able to say things like, I'm currently riding a wave of neurotransmitters that's so intense that I need you to tell me if you're not going to respond to me for two days before uh, you do that. Yes. Oh, man. That, you know, that, that you need to be extra aware sucks. of how changing your behavior. I'd love so to be weird. able to do that. I think I might. You just text someone something that you're like someone like you're you're doing well with, but you're not 100% sure you're doing well with. And you text them a cute little thing and they don't respond for four hours. And for four hours, you're like, they hate me. They're going to break up with yes. me. It's all over. My, the end is near. <laughs> and you're crying in a corner. And they're just like, oh, hey, babe, I uh, was at work and I didn't check my phone. And it's like. <laughs> I do that. Like, oh, you, my God. I'm happy. I'm not alone. Oh, uh, yeah, a lot of people do that. Everyone does that. This is why I don't like NRE. I sit around crying in a corner half the time, the other time act like I'm blissed out for no reason. I do that with new friends, too. Sure. I'll I'll find a new relationship energy, not new sex energy. There's different types, yeah. Yeah. There are. Oh, the article I was reading investigates two types of chemicals responsible for NRE that are short-term bonding chemicals, and one is for, like, sex and lust, but one is just for bonding. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's the dopamine and the neuropinephrine are just for bonding. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what happened with me and my new partner was that he got distracted by stuff that was going on at home. And, and so his the pattern changed and I thought, oh, uh, so I'm just been forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't the case at all. But mm-hmm. when you're talking about not having NRE or not having the downsides of NRE that I have had really well in the last two relationships I was in is I was with people that were at a level of sort of relationship sophistication where early on I could say to them, hey, if you're going to change the way you interact with me, please text me and tell me. Like, it's yeah. cool if you text me all the time. It's cool if you text me once a day. But if you're going to go from all the time to once a day for some reason, can I get a heads oh up? Oh my God. Yeah, send a text that me. says. Yeah. 
I've been texting you every day, but I will be busy for two days. Or, hey, I've been really busy. You know, like on the front end. Because if I have a text that says, I will text you when I'm done with this, I'm fine, I'm not dead, right. and also I still like you, I'll text you in a day or two when I can, then I'm fine. I can I can sit through that. Yeah. But if it just changes, your behavior just changes and no one tells me. Like, so be considerate no, of the fact that your new partners are basically crackheads, you know, and you're their drug dealer. So it's not nice right. to just disappear on them. Just don't do that. You can't. It's just life happening and mm-hmm. you letting those other priorities in that maybe you hadn't because of the NRE. Yeah. And sure. when you do that, then you do have to drop a little bit of time with the new person. And sometimes it's a lot of bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also there is some stuff like I seen a, in one of the books I was reading, one of the polycules had a rule that you can't make major life decisions about a new partner within six months of dating them. Good rule. I think that's a pretty good guideline, if uh-huh. not a hardcore rule. I'm not saying it should be a hard rule but it's not a bad guideline. I mean, sometimes it works out, right? You're going to do that. Any, No matter what is good advice or bad advice, sometimes bad choices go well. That's not, yeah. but like as a general rule, you're going to be safer if you're talking about the lives of your entire extended living group being controlled by who you let in or don't let in to your household. It's a little bit easier to do that when you're past the NRE stage. I go a year on that. A whole year, a really? Year. Yes, I wouldn't know. At least that's what I would like to do. But you're talking about because you have a kid though, right? Um, right. Yeah, and just because I don't trust people. <laughs> no, no, that's for sure. Not a bad plan. Yeah. Oh, 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 shit. Right. I never experienced NRE with Lissa. Shut did up. you not? Yeah. You quit your job I for her. Not. Fuck that. I don't believe you. I wanted to leave my job, though. I don't oh. care about jobs that much. You don't understand how I don't care about jobs. He does okay, not care mind. about jobs. Never mind, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's it's because it's because we were so we were coworkers for like six months, mm-hmm. right? And so I just knew her really, 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 really well. But also, like, it became apparent that she kind of wanted to date me like a month before we actually went on a date because I did know that dating her meant I'd basically have to like I didn't date her until I thought I might want to quit my job. Okay, I see. So, but you did you maybe have NRE before you realized you did? I actually spent the first six months with Lissa almost breaking up with her every day because I never experienced NRE and I didn't know what it was at the time and so I thought that I just didn't like her. Interesting. Because with, with every other partner I'd ever had I'd had like this really overwhelming NRE experience mm-hmm. and I never had that with Lissa and so I was like maybe I don't like her. Like I don't feel like my world's falling apart without her. I don't feel like I have to do everything for her. I don't feel like because I didn't understand that that wasn't love. I didn't understand that that was a temporary bonding gesture. Interesting. At the time. Huh. Well, obviously that's worked out well. But it was not intentional skipping over. Hmm. Okay. It was not. Well, that's why I said that's where my theory about how you could do it comes from is that it's located somewhere in the space of getting to know the person as a human being so well that it doesn't have that fear and excitement part. That's the other thing is Lissa made it really clear that basically she wanted to be with me really early on. Here's something. I don't I don't know that I could actually like sleep with someone if I didn't have energy. Right, well, that's my point. That's what NRE does for a lot of people, is it gets you over that difficulty, that trust hurdle. One of the sets of drugs turns off your frontal cortex, the same Ah, thing that kids don't have for risk management. The prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex. So the thing we always talk about, how people aren't really good at making decisions until, like, post-24, they're not really full adults yet. hasn't developed completely. Right. NRE turns that off and turns you back into a teenager (laughs) for a hot minute. Yes, that's why I (laughs) love NRE. (laughs) Man, I hated being a teenager, so you and I had very different life experiences if that was fun for you yeah teenager i i didn't like being a teenager so prior to this relationship i've always been very guarded with the l word and like Mm -hmm. letting people in Mm -hmm. and the nre with this relationship has been so much more overwhelming Hmm. than any other relationship i've had ever 
Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Ryan and I had some pretty intense NRE, and John and I had some pretty intense NRE, but this NRE was like... I don't know if it was because we were stuck in the same place like for like for the first couple days we were together that we were like together nonstop. Mm-hmm. So it just like built this like incredible fire. And that's always fun. Mm-hmm. And like I've never really had that with anybody else. Like everybody else has just been like, you know, dates and stuff. Whereas this was sure. a conference and we were Yeah. Together twenty four seven, you were like thick as thieves and then right. you got separated also and so you had that tragic love part of it, like, oh they're across the country and I can't wait to see them and I just have to get back to them, which definitely fuels NRE very strongly. And then he flew me out to see him and like sure. it's been very whirlwind. Whereas yeah. most of my other relationships Relationships have not been like that. Hmm. It's fun. I don't know if I let some guard down or the guard came down without me knowing it at the beginning or what. But L words were definitely dropped way sooner than they've ever been with Mm -hmm. other partners and other relationships. And I'm going to talk about before the problem with love encapsulating so many things. I always think of the biggest version of something as being whatever it is. Because I'm a weird sort of super perfectionist. When I was using love to mean all the different types of love, I was like, well, the greatest type of love I couldn't even describe until I'd been with you for like four years. Then we talked about this before like how when you are an nre you just want to say love and it is a type of love for sure it's definitely arrows straight Mm -hmm. up straight up heavy arrows arrows. right (laughs) fuck me hard arrows all cocained out and (laughs) yeah you know and if you ride that and you end up being compatible on the back end of it then it's just great or if you wanted it to be short term and then that love just transitions then that's also fine yeah there's all these Mm -hmm. transitions and stuff and again i think this is i think it's what communication could really solve the problem because also if you're all prepared that it might just end in a transition to friendship cuddle buddies whatever then i think that could also be really fun i had that relationship that i didn't get to see how that went that was headed that direction because the person moved far across the country but it was like we were really into each other we spent every minute together and it ended up being that we didn't or i didn't or we were still discussing i don't know we didn't ever having the discussion but basically we weren't sexually compatible but we were compatible in everything else like we liked sleeping in the same bed together we liked you know living together eating together doing that sort of stuff and when the original nre was there obviously sex was exciting because i was overwhelmed by crack chemicals and so it was exciting but as that sort of drained out i lost that interest but i think it could have still been an amazing partnership Mm -hmm. living partnership if the person had wanted to stay and cuddling and all the other chemicals that are not the sex grouping of chemicals so i think though there was a lot of awkwardness around that because when i stopped being sure that i wanted to have sex with this person it was weird because they did not identify as being super into sex but they felt really insecure about the fact that i didn't want to sleep with them anymore and so i think if we had talked at the beginning about how we were going to transition when those chemicals wore off so we opened mm-hmm. that dialogue so it wasn't a super awkward scenario where i was afraid to talk about it but i was also kind of afraid to have sex which put me in a really weird space and then they were upset that i didn't want to sleep with them but they didn't really want to sleep with me they just wanted me to want to sleep with them because that's how they gauged if i was into them mm-hmm. like that got really weird and if we'd had that discussion at the beginning i think you could have been a really clean positive transitional moment for us instead of scary what's interesting is that one of the times that we connected when we first met was i was giving a class on transitioning relationships Mm -hmm. and so we actually have had thorough discussion about transitioning relationships and how it's not a bad thing and 
mm-hmm. so I think I definitely think that we could do that. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think that's interesting though, because I also think a lot of times, even if you've had that discussion, if you haven't had it about yourselves, it can still be a taboo topic when it gets to you. Yeah, like so many things. This is why this kind of work that we're doing on the show is important to me because you create these patterns of behavior that will improve your life going forward. So mm-hmm. now, for sure, for me at least, the next time I start dating someone, I'm gonna have a discussion about how NRE works. I assume that the people I'll be dating primarily will be in polyamory, so we'll know and discuss sort of what that trajectory could look like. Like, I would like to go into this going, let's just enjoy it. And then when either one of us starts to lose that, you know, high, Mm -hmm. let's talk about what's working for us, what isn't working for us, what we could do that would still be meaningful to be part of each other's lives and not go into it with a taboo or an expectation about, and also the line about, you know, if you're going to change how you're talking to me, please let me know. I'm going to go away for a day. Please let me know. Just let me know in the front, not in the back, in the front. Yes, yes, yes. Not in the back, in the front. Please tell me, tell me, please tell me. That's a great tip because that's, I mean, I think we all want that, but we forget to ask for it. Well, and then the other questions that I want to ask the next time I'm in a relationship at the beginning are how much time and investment and what kind of things do you like to do for a partner you've been with for a year? Say that again. It's very much an interview question. <laughs> yeah, well, but so one of the questions that we just talked about is that one of the problems that introverts and extroverts face is different expectation of interaction levels after the right. NRE runs off. Mm-hmm. So I would still see my partner like every day if I could after NRE ran off. I would still write love poems once a week Aww. after the NRE wore off. I would still do gifts every two weeks after NRE wore off. But I don't do those things because it just makes people feel overwhelmed and shitty. <laughs> right? So I match my level of production basically to what they can handle Handle. so it would be nice to have that conversation on the front end and say like i am at this level of productive capacity pretty much indefinitely what am i expecting you to look like on the back end of nre based on your previous relationship experience so that hey we're texting every day doesn't become me crying when we stop texting every day (laughs) yeah so like i know that's where it's going like if you're at every like i would still text if any of my friends were so, like, all my friends are now, like, super introverts. I don't know how I ended up with only super introvert friends. All my extrovert <laughs> friends drifted away. But if I, you know, when I have extrovert friends, and I had an extrovert girlfriend twice, and the two times I've had an extrovert girlfriend, we, we just texted all day for the whole time we were together. Yeah, I had an extrovert boyfriend. I've had a couple. My favorite was one who was so super extrovert, and we texted all damn day, and I loved it so much. So I would just always, I would love to just have an open dialogue with someone on my phone, you know, because, I mean, you don't necessarily answer until you see it. Basically, you're having a conversation that never really ends yes it would be nice to know when i'm dating you that that's never gonna happen that you're like (laughs) i'm never gonna do that i'm not a forever texter i'm gonna do it at the beginning because it's super exciting i want to get to know you and that's but then i'd be cool with that right because it would be like like when you go camping like camping isn't forever Mm -hmm. you get to go out in the woods and have this cool experience but then you have to come home and go back to work and have a regular life and you don't cry when you get home oh my god nre is camping you're right what (laughs) NRE is camping. Describe that more, Mandy. Expound. Because you do. You you are taking... It's like a vacation. You're taking yourself out of like your normal situation because you are enthralled with s'mores and... Offspray and cool tents and <laughs> gadgets and fishing and kayaking and the view and then sure. you do eventually have to go back home and go to fucking work. You eventually have to put the work in in order to sustain that experience. You're not gonna live in a tent the rest of your life. You've got to go back home. Interesting thought behind that. So camping vacations. I assume you probably mean the same thing with vacations, right? I actually with vacations as much as I love vacationing, I hate it because you have to come back home. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is why Michael NRE doesn't like and... NRE. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that was funny. Anyway. Right. So can't, <laughs> it, it is. NRE is like camping. That's amazing. Thank you, Michael. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's a good place to... Ooh, before we end, before we end, I know we're like really tight on time. I think that we should address what NRE does to our other partners when we're in NRE. Oh, oh my. Oh, gosh. Can we can we just make that the next episode? That seems like, like an a, NRE transfer. We can. In and of itself. That sounds fine. We can, absolutely. I just think it's super important that Agreed. we talk about that. I didn't even think about that, yet. I think also, actually, the way we have it staged is perfect because we're going to do NRE about you today. Then at APW, we're going to do jealousy. And then we can do NRE and your partner and the jealousy that it causes <laughs> having had those two go. episodes together awesome. as like a that's starting great. platform. Yeah. So I think that that's what we're going to do okay, cool. for the next four weeks, basically. Cool. I just That's another thing that I haven't been having to navigate is how NRE is affecting oh, my other yeah. partners. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, and, it, <sighs> that, and that is absolutely its own episode. That's, that's yeah. easily 30 minutes, 40 minutes of yeah. condensed dialogue to talk through because that's navigating multiple relationship dynamics and multiple yeah. possibilities of constantly to relationship options. And God, Polly, that's gets definitely, there's no, that's gonna be another hour. We're gonna be like hour three and that's one episode. So no, no, that'll be next time. Okay. Or two times from now. The next episode will be the episode on jealousy, which we recorded at APW, which we're very excited to share with you. And then the episode after that one, we're gonna come back and combine jealousy and NRE to talk about managing NRE and your other partners. Yay! Yay! So. Yay. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.